Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we build the best founders and investors to help you build our business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is a very special one. Uh, his name is Tim Vieira, an investor, entrepreneur, uh, very well known uh, in Portugal, where I come from, uh, as is because of his participation on Shark Tank and, of course, because of his vision about his new project, the Brave Generation Academy that he's really passionate about. But uh, Tim, for the ones worldwide that don't know so much about you, like I do, and all uh, our Portuguese peers, uh, let us know more about, about Tim. Okay, well, nice to be on Scale Up Valley. Thanks a lot, Mark, for the invite. Uh, good pleasure. to see you reaching the world. Wonderful. Yeah, so <laughs> where am I? I'm, I'm probably I'm a, I'm a positive uh, person, always been. Uh, someone who's got a lot more failures than successes, but I think without the failures, I wouldn't have had the, the successes. <laughs> so I'm good with that. Um, I'm a family man. I've got uh, three kids, uh, four dogs, uh, a wonderful wife. Um, and <laughs> I'm lucky enough to be working something that I'm super passionate about uh, now in education. Um, I've lived in various countries around the world, connected to various countries around the world. Uh, I believe that uh, we're living an exciting time in this world and that uh, we need to find the positive things and not fear the unknown. Um, I've learned to, to work on things that I can change and to accept those that I can't. So, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's who I am. Great. Great introduction, uh, and uh, for the ones who want to know more about you, Tim, uh, there is a very detailed uh, background about you on LinkedIn and on your personal website, uh, timviela.com. Um, so you, you can see all the projects where uh, Tim is involved. Uh, definitely, that's why we introduced him as founder, entrepreneur, uh, and investors. An investor, he, he can't resist always to, to, to support uh, new projects that can make uh, a difference. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, you you built uh, a media group for almost 20 years. So it started in 2004. Uh, next year will be uh, 20 years of um, special edition. Uh, that's the name of the, of the media group, uh, mainly with presence in Angola. Mozambique today is a, a, a group of companies. Would you like to talk a little bit more about your experience starting your life as a This was your first company or maybe your second, third? How did it work? Yeah. Yeah, so definitely on my first, it's probably, it was probably around my fifth or sixth or seventh company, more wow. around there. Um, I went into a market when I went into Angola and I wanted to start new. Uh, I'd basically set up something in South Africa. It went very, very well. And then it didn't. Um, I basically lost it uh, wow. because I was young, lots of ego, and I thought I would be able to, you know, buy my competitors, but my competitors managed to crash me. But, you know, you learn from that, and I yeah. did learn from that, and that was amazing. And um, I wanted a new start, and a new start, I wanted a new company, a new country. I wanted to get into something that uh, would, would um, you know, that, that I had passion for. And um, I decided to go into problem solving, okay? And problem solving means marketing, means uh uh, doing whatever it takes for a company to grow, okay? And, mm -hmm. and how could I help? And I think right. that's what I love. I love working with people on finding solutions, on listening to their problems, and then finding solutions for their problems. Uh, I prefer problems to solutions. I'm one of those that when you've got a problem, I'm interested. When when you don't have a problem, well, I can't do much, you know? So right. uh, we set up what is known now as Special Edition Holding. I started it with a partner, uh, with uh, Tragedu, and together, you know, he was a more ops man, I was a more relationship man, and uh, we really grew it, um, it still employs, um, you know, over 400 people based in Angola, it's still probably Amazing. the most um, influential, let's say, media business in Angola in terms of billboards, printing, uh, research, events, etc., so uh, still running, uh, people that have been with us for over 15 years, an amazing CEO in uh, Ode Perez. And uh, really, the truth is that now it doesn't need me. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where I'm oh, more a, a chairman um, and I'm only there for, for when, 
they need me really i support it but mm -hmm. in the beginning it was an amazing adventure it really really was we were in a country that needed everything so we we were supplying everything we were in a country that um at that moment you know you you could have easily um become a corrupt company because it, it has mm -hmm. happened to many companies and we were lucky enough that we set up a, um, a partnership with capital partners which is basically the norwegian sovereign fund uh, backing so Quite it kept us super in line and that was exciting to right. see how you know uh, the the values of of of, of the norwegian sovereign fund were always put mm -hmm. into place and for us that was also great so it made us have this dna of growth uh, in a country that you know we had to work hard to make our dollars uh, because there was easy ways of making dollars all right but that's <laughs> why we still exist that's why we went through covid without having to fire people without with being able to carry on with salaries we've never missed salaries in a country that even the big companies miss salaries you know so it's it's i'm very proud of, of, of what we did with special edition holding but it really was um everybody uh, together to provide solutions to issues in that market okay it's now a mature company it's a company now that um you know uh, it, it basically runs by itself with its ceo with the teams of the eduardos and the georges in digital print etc so really really proud and for me you know once i understood that my passion wasn't there anymore um right that's you know i basically moved out and and started um with the next adventures which was uh, starting a few things in portugal starting with with raspberry farming and then investing etc etc yeah right but uh, let's keep there so uh, of course the audience might be wondering why your connection to africa we, we just learned about the, Nor the norwegian sovereign fund participation when i know that the nordics are very well positioned in in africa we always have uh a vision of of the huge potential of Africa, um, but it seems that the entrepreneurial ecosystems are always a little bit ahead in other regions. Uh, and I know that Africa is in a very important boom. But why why did you team work so well related to to Africa, and why did you develop so so very good businesses in in, in Africa? Yeah, so so I've, I'm you know born in Africa. My 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 grandparents were born in Africa, so um, we've got a. a a long history in Africa and um, I really believe Africa is going to be very very important in in the future for the world yeah. and um, you know for me even now with our educational program I see Africa as the place that we want to invest and the place where we want to make the most impact okay I believe that Africa has gone through um, a tough and challenging story with leaders etc but i also believe that there's a lot of diaspora now coming back to africa there's a lot of talented people that want to you know set up a camp in africa they're setting up companies they're setting up foundations they're setting up uh political parties that um, i think mm -hmm. will start to help um becoming more transparent and accountable to to their citizens so africa is looking good africa's also got something which is amazing which is a young population and I think that's right. going to be a big resource, more than mm -hmm. a lot of the other resources it has. It's this young population. It's also going to become very interesting because the whole world can be connected nowadays. You know, you don't even have to be in Silicon Valley if you want to right. work with Silicon Valley. So there's, as long as you've got the talents and the skills, you can, you know, work from wherever you are and 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 and, and be there. And I think that with the world that is now becoming so controlled in a way and, and um, in many developed countries I think that opportunities are going to come in these developing countries and I think for a lot of entrepreneurs and let's call them really in, real entrepreneurs who want to come and make the biggest change and the biggest impact Africa is going to have a huge calling okay and Africa has got a huge market you know if you look at it 53 countries and um, you know all these different markets Obviously, there's problems in some of them, but even problems are an opportunity, you know, so, right. so we've got to look at all of that. So I've always believed in Africa, and I think that Africa going forward, it is going to become a real entrepreneurial ecosystem, okay, because you, 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 you can make a big impact, you know, and I think that's what entrepreneurs want to do. They want to make impact, you know, they want to uh, create 
um, uh, success and wealth and etc. But by doing something that allows their talents to flourish, and we become, in most of the world now, they're almost telling you not to use your talents. If you look at Europe, it's difficult. You know, it's becoming a, a, a just taxing. You know, and almost right. telling you don't work because the more you work, the more tax you pay. The more you work, <laughs> the more bureaucracy you hit. Yep. The more you work, the more issues you have. So. Africa is not like that. We need to work, and you and it's never really had a social system that that looks after people. It's if you don't work, you don't eat. So you know they they okay with that, and I think that's where it's going to become interesting. You know, when we look around the world now, you look at all the problems in the U.S. and in Europe and etc. Where you think about Africa and you think, okay, we don't have power in some places or we've got potholes, but maybe that's okay because I can still work and do my, you know, I can use my talents. So let right. me do that. So it's it's a funny world at the moment. You know, you can be in a place that's got energy and good roads, but you can't use your talents and they almost, you know, trying to force you to become uh, universal, uh, uh, you know, get a, a universal salary kind of thing, you right. know. Uh, and you and you can't use your talents. So Africa allows you that. So I think there's right. a big future. I know that, and it is clear on your track record that you have a, a global uh, mindset. Uh, but definitely, I see there is always a very important angle, and and you you just explained it why uh, for uh, your family reasons and and also for the potential that you see um, in Africa. But of course, we could. Uh, mentioned the same reasons uh, around other regions that are also developing so uh, quickly as LATAM or Southeast Asia, uh, even India, uh, Middle East uh, nowadays, right? So those are all areas that are exploding in, in terms of growth, uh, but, but definitely the ones who are very well positioned in Africa can make a huge difference. And, and also... Um, and you mentioned yeah. it, you know, South America, Southeast Asia, uh, India, if you look at it, they're all very entrepreneurial mindsets because if you don't have an entrepreneurial mindset, you don't have anything, you know? So right. that's what's really interesting in those kind of regions. And I think those are the regions that are going to attract more and more entrepreneurs. And when they attract entrepreneurs, they attract uh, talent. And when they attract right. talent, they'll attract money. You know, they'll attract investment. And I think Flywheel. that's what's exciting about it. You know, I really, really believe it is. And and that's why, you know, even with BGA now, we 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 heavily invested into Africa. We're putting a lot of hubs into Africa. Uh, we've got our development director now at the moment in Bangalore, where we're opening our first hub in Bangalore. Wow. Uh, South America, we're looking at, you know, Mexico, how we can get the first ones going into Mexico, uh, in, in, in Central America, into Costa Rica. Um, and we've just opened Phuket um, and we will open Bali. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So those markets are really very important for us because yeah. you're able to work and you're able to make an impact, you know. And uh, and as I said, there's so much talent there, so much talent. Yeah. For the audience to follow us, uh, Tim was just talking about this last project that started in 2020, the Brave Generation Academy, that we will cover more in detail uh, in a minute or two. So still uh, to cover a little bit of of your this. Let's say not your first, but your your main uh, chapter in terms of building uh, a generational uh, company with almost twenty years. As you said, you needed to evolve from a founder to a CEO and to a chairman, right? So, ideally, this will be the the path of successful uh, founders, entrepreneurs, the ones who will not give up and will try a second and a third or a fourth, the fifth, as as you did learn from their own mistakes, start everything from scratch and be able to finally get to a moment that they say, or I want to to, to keep building this business forever, uh, which we know we, we just had the, uh, a very well charismatic founder that kind of have this mindset, uh, Naveiro from, from Delta, a very well-known company uh, in Portugal, but was able to take care of the of the succession plan very well, uh, but still very involved with getting to the company, being the uh, the, the public relations uh, face um, of the company. Uh, we know that the majority of the entrepreneurs after a certain number of years have other interests and want to be involved with other projects, especially the ones who are more founder, entrepreneurially oriented, and then got to like to go into investor. How has been this transition of mindset, team, from going from an entrepreneur to a CEO and then to the investor? And I can see still today, 
that, that you are still a combination of the three, right? So you are not only an entrepreneur, only a founder, only a CEO, only an investor. I can see that you are helping others as an investor. You are being the CEO of your own company now, but also a founder of, of the company. So you needed to be able to, to, to position your ads. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, we always look at it. And when we're starting something, we do business plans and we have a vision statement and a mission statement for a company. You know? And I think what I've always had is I've always had a business plan for me, for Tim Vera. And I looked at it and I thought, awesome. I want to work in things that are interesting for me. I want to add value. If I'm not adding value, I don't want to be there. Um, you know, I, I know my weaknesses in my business plan, which is focus and doing things I don't like, I'm not good at. But the things that I do like, I'm very good at, you know. And I think we don't get told to do this business plan for ourselves. You know, we don't get told listen, let's write down what are your values? What are your ethics? What will you not do? What will you, what do you have to look out for so that you don't do it by mistake? You know, and I think <laughs> I was lucky enough to be able to do that from the beginning. And I think that helped me a lot because I sort of grew that DNA through my company. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, this attitude of uh, we can do things. We, 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 we solve problems. We don't stay stuck on problems. Uh, um, you know, we we have a giving side of it. We we work with all our competitors. We've never been one of these companies who don't. We always believe that if we make the market bigger, it's better for us as well. So it's always been that kind of an attitude, okay? And I think yeah. for when you look at, at at life projects, and you know, I was never, I would never have the focus of uh, of Nabeel. Uh, 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 which for me, he's one of the best examples ever of a, an entrepreneur and of how to adapt and survive and, and stay focused on, on coffee, but then use that focus to impact a whole different side of society right. and stakeholders where, you know, Kampumayari influenced, the lives he changed, the way he paid salaries, the way he changed people's lives, the, et cetera. He created huge impact using his passion of you know uh, building the coffee company, and right. when you look at the the legacy he leaves behind with these uh, uh, sons and these granddaughters and and grandsons etc., working in the business and continuing with that vision, it's absolutely amazing and a, and a great example. Okay, yeah. I think on my side, I didn't have that focus as he did, but I did have a very good way of delegating and letting people that have the focus grow. Okay, mm -hmm. and. Uh, and that allowed me to have my lifestyle, which is, you know, doing things I like and, and impacting things I like, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, when I made beer, I was super passionate. And there I went, when I did into marketing, that was, you know, I got that going and stayed going. And then when I came into, let's say, my third major venture now with education, that's the one where I see the impact is so much and so big that I'm not going to get bored of this one. Okay. Yeah. And the other side of it is that this is exactly where you need to nowadays have someone leading it that has got values and ethics and thinks out the box, et cetera, because it's such an industry that is so stagnant and so difficult to break right. out of that it, the challenge for me isn't going to be for a year to 10, 20. It's actually going to be, I believe, a lifetime. Okay. Right. And I think that's what's exciting for me. And that's why I'm so committed to this. But yes, you know, I don't think you need to worry about so much about the business sometimes. I think we worry about the companies a lot. We've got to worry about ourselves. We've got to understand who we are, what are we willing to do? Uh, where are we in the time of life? You know, as you have kids, your, your life mm -hmm. changes. As, you, uh, as your kids leave, your life changes. You know, so it's a constant uh, changing or where you want to be and then you've got to be very honest and you've got to have those right people around you and when you're losing focus you've got to find people who, who have that focus uh, or you just start to become stagnant or even more dangerous you become more bureaucratic more hierarchy and and your business loses because a business should stay entrepreneurial it's a whole life you know i promise you the biggest challenge is to keep it very entrepreneurial because as soon as it isn't you're going to spend a lot of money on consultants, on talent scouts, all these people to try and make it entrepreneurial again. And it's almost impossible. It's so difficult once you become this like stagnant, big animal, you know? 
to, to become agile again and fast, et cetera, et cetera. So you, you as a leader, you've got to know that and you've got to, you know, also show that by example and trust your people and let them make mistakes and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Because if you just have systems for everything um, and you lose the impact of people, it yeah. becomes, you know, a stagnant company, I, I believe, you know, so, yeah. Well, so many uh, important insights that you just shared, uh, Tim, just wanted to highlight the importance of having a life plan and understanding that strategy and what you do with, you, with, with your life and with your businesses. A lot of times it's very personal, right? It's very oriented about what is the purpose of uh, the main shareholders uh, of the company. And there is nothing wrong about it. I think it doesn't make any sense uh, to build a business to to feel miserable uh, or to do something that we don't believe in. Uh, that's usually the opposite. The reason why entrepreneurs start the business, it's because they have a vision that usually nobody believes in. <laughs> and and, and uh, sometimes they, are, uh, they prove them wrong, right? Uh, against all the odds. Uh, so let's move to 2015. So you have, uh, you become a shark. Uh, you participate in the Portuguese edition of uh, of Shark Tank. You are much well known then from uh, from from the society angle as an investor and as a business angel, um, and at the same time, of course, as an entrepreneur and, and founder. Uh, how has been this transition uh, for you? I believe that according to your bio, that uh, to your bio at, at that time, um, you are not so much well-known uh, in the media. And from that time on, you kind of became famous, right? So uh, that's that's an important transition for so, a lot know, of entrepreneurs. Even before this, I wasn't someone who did interviews or anything. You know, my, my side was, I love doing business. I love being an entrepreneur. And even if you look at, I would let my CEOs do most of the interviews and 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 not, it was, it wasn't a focus on me. I think... Shark Tank happened by mistake, you know, it, it really did. It, like, I don't know actually how I said yes to it, you know, and then when I said yes to it, it was, I was stuck in it. And, um, you know, I, no, I, I need to do it. it. <laughs> and I enjoyed it a lot, you know, I really, really enjoyed it a lot. If I had to say, am I a better investor or a better entrepreneur? Without a doubt, I'm a better entrepreneur. I, I like to really be involved. I like to motivate people. I like to run teams. I love to solve problems. And I love to add value, you know. And in, and in investing, it's more difficult because it doesn't matter if, in, if the people are telling you, uh, look, I want to, um, you know, I want you because you've got smart money, et cetera, et cetera. You can't really influence them. You know, you, you put in your money. You've got to trust them. And uh, if they, you know, moving in the right direction, great. You're getting more value. If they're going in the wrong direction, but they don't want to listen, there's not much you can do either then. So, you know, and when you're an entrepreneur, the buck stops with you. So I prefer that, all right? Uh, but the experience as an entrepreneur was need. I mean, as an investor, was really needed yep. at that time. I, I needed to take a break from being an entrepreneur. I needed to, you know, back people, look at it, and and we were lucky with some of the investments because in the end it is very much luck, you know, because, you know, you can have the right idea, the right product, you can have everything, the off takers, everything, but if you don't have the right leader, you lose out, or you can have the right leader, but he's ahead of his time, and you don't, it, it's right. not successful either. Not the so right timing and market. There's a lot of luck involved in it, okay, and um, and that's why you know probably one in ten works, okay. Yep. And, um, uh, you know, I looked at it and I spent many hours and days and lots of effort and energy trying to make things work. But, you know, if, you're, if your founder doesn't have the mindset, isn't thinking big enough and he's scared and worried, it's unfair for you to maybe make him jump when he just wants to take little steps, you know. So right. I understood that. That's not for me. I don't want to be in that. Okay. So I still back some in investments and I'll still mm -hmm. invest in some stuff. But now, mostly, uh, I would say that I invest in things that have are part of their educational ecosystem where mm -hmm. I can understand what I can do for them by being their off taker. Okay. So that's right. uh, interesting for me. I think, um, as I said, you know, it, it was an amazing experience. I think Portugal needed Shark Tank at that moment. We were going mm -hmm. through 
one more crisis and there's more to come. But at that time, people weren't believing that you could raise capital. There was very little entrepreneurial thought. You know, we were all worried about um, losing everything we had, basically. And I think at the program gave you know, that you can raise with investors, you can raise with friends and family, et cetera, et cetera. We were really at uh, Investing 101, you know, and I think yeah. that was really good. And for me, it was good because an open network had got me known in Portugal, for sure, you know, and... Uh, and I, I'm grateful for that. Um, it took my focus off maybe me becoming an entrepreneur again earlier, you know. Yep. But I think that everything you do builds you up for the right timing. So right. that definitely was for the right timing. And and it gave me more ambition because, you know, being a little bit more well-known um, also allows me now to start thinking of my next steps. Uh, you know, I want to impact education, but I also want to impact Portugal, you know. So... Yep it started to put me thinking about how can I impact culture, you know, and, uh, and in one way, I, I see maybe on the political scene, I want to get involved, I want to do something, you know, mm -hmm. what have I got to lose? Do I think I'll be worse than who's there now? I don't, you know, so right. I think there's there. It, 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 and, and that I think is where I'm grateful for Shark Tank, because uh, it sort of also made me break that barrier of TV and, you know, uh, interviews, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah. Right. Mindset is something very important. We were just discussing of the evolution of your role uh, in your first main company, uh, Special Edition. Uh, and now we were just talking about you exploring uh, a new chapter of your life as an investor, looking for maybe a, a new purpose, a new mission, because your your initial company, you did your job and there were other people that you wanted to delegate uh, it moving forward so it seems that you were kind of an explore, exploratory stage where I can add more value as Team Vieta where can I feel uh, fulfilled something really important on the mindset component here is the way you deal with your with that media hype I always saw you and, and congrats for that uh, very humble very centered more than humble centered so you are confident about your skills and you you, you talk out loud about what you are doing uh, so it, it's not that uh, false uh, humility, let's say you are confident about your skills, but you always stay very centered when you present yourself. So you don't take it uh, yourself too serious. And we, 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 I, I invite people to to listen to and, and read other interviews uh, that you did. And uh, and we can say that, uh, especially the way you just you just started this show, right? So which is really, really important. And, and the ones who have some experience know that that in order to increase your rate of success, you need to increase much more uh, your rate of failure. And typically, people don't deal very well when they say when they see a successful entrepreneur failing a lot. So, and, and it's normal, right? So you, it's because you became successful with one business. It doesn't mean that you will keep uh, making it right in the upcoming businesses. Because as you said, the odds are super difficult, right? Yeah, but Mark, you've got to be transparent nowadays and you've got to be authentic. I think, yeah. you know, not just you as a human being, but even your brand or your company. It, right. Nowadays, if you're trying to hide behind a false uh, um, persona, or a, a, it's very easy to find. You know, right. it, it really is. It's, it's, it, we've got to a market where there are more people trying to find out um, negative things about you than positive things so you know right. they, they, they look <laughs> so if you try to hide you know when you make mistakes you make mistakes you know not every business is going to run well for sure not every partner is going to run well not every client is going to be happy uh it, it just it is what it is you know what i'm saying i think uh being authentic and even for a brand is super important i think you know i invested in a company called portal de Cache, and when we invested in it everybody was super um, defensive about it. No one wanted to be on Portal Education because it's basically about complaints, your brand being complained online. It's a top 10 site in Portugal of, of uh, uh, you know, uh, hits. And mm -hmm. uh, when companies started to understand that they will always get complaints, it's how they recover from those complaints, how they handle mm -hmm. that complaint. And that becomes a positive, you know, because people then go and compare two companies and see which one resolve the complaint better, uh, they started to understand the value of portal location, you know, and I think that's it in life, you know, we're going to make mistakes. It's how, how do you come out of that? How do you solve it? How do you recompensate? How do you build up again? You know, 
that's that's what creates even your own brand you know and i think yeah. uh, we we spend a lot of time sometimes trying to cover up <laughs> and cover up uh, doesn't work you know it, it, it always comes up to the to the to the top nowadays you know? absolutely and also this sometimes this social pressure that we feel as entrepreneurs that we all need to build successful businesses we all need to become investors to have a holding company and uh, and, and and you know uh, all this and I, I i like the way you said i've tried or i i'm an investor i still invest in some businesses but i feel that i can add much more value as an entrepreneur or even more i have much more fun Yeah. <laughs> as an entrepreneur and uh, we know that uh, time in life is limited uh, so why not uh, have an impact and have fun uh, and uh, and yeah it's always great and I think that we we, we would say make money and be yeah, compensated there's lots of entrepreneurs that won't start companies you know I've got entrepreneurs in my own company you know I've got like our development that. he basically yeah. is setting up our hub he's basically an entrepreneur in his own right And you know what? My job is to keep him an entrepreneur in his area. You know, um, we've got another one, Edward Mintz, basically that um, he's come in to set up BGA Adult School. And that's him being entrepreneur within our company, setting it up, having the problems, uh, sleeping late at night, waking up early <laughs> because it's his baby to set up and to run. So, you know, sometimes, it, it, you know, what, what do I take away from him? I take away the pressure of the salaries. I take away the pressure uh, of, you know, him being alone and setting it up. But right. he is being entrepreneur in every right on, on building value and building and, and, and making impact. So that is brilliant, you know, with the Polynesians and all that in my team, that's how it works. You know, so, yep. uh, there's lots of ways to be entrepreneurial. I think we always get this thing that you've got to be a startup and then you've got to be an investor, et cetera, et cetera. Look, I, as I said, you know, um, for me, um, it's now becoming easier to say no as an investor because I know that I'm creating, if I take that same dollar and invest in someone's business, or I take that same dollar, it's, opportunity. A, it's going to make more impact with me than it will with someone else. And, and that's yeah. not even being arrogant. That's just being... Uh, that I'll put more focus into it, into that one dollar right. with me, you know, and I think um, it takes time and experience to get to know that, you know, once you've got gray hair, <laughs> you sort of know a little bit more and you, and, and you understand that it doesn't, you've got no expectations for others. You really yeah. don't, you know, and that's when you really become happy in life is when you're not yet to, to influence your neighbor, you're not competing with your friends, you're doing what's best for you. And then naturally, You know, you have more success, you're happier, uh, you create more impact, uh, you make more friends, and uh, and things seem to just work more naturally, you know. So, yeah, but it takes time to learn that, and it takes time to get into that position, because in the beginning, we, we worked on others' expectations. It's, it's, it's wrong, but you need to do it for a while until you learn about it. You know? So let's go to your... Uh third main chapter of your entrepreneurial uh, life. So we just covered your first 20 years building uh, the special edition holding, uh, the media group. Uh, then in 2015, you create the Brave Generation holding for uh, investments with Shark Tank. That's what we have been covering in this second chapter. And now let's go from the Brave Generation holding to Brave Generation Uh, academy your uh, your passion and your your current vision for changing the the paradigm of education uh, could you share a little bit more about brave generation academy the vision the purpose the problem that you are solving uh, yeah so you know the problem with education is that i was experiencing it i've got three teenagers going through education and when i looked at it i thought geez how can we still be doing the same thing that i did And it, it wasn't great for me and could be much better using technology today, using, the, the, you know, a few simple things that we have today. We can take the best of online, the best of offline and, and create a better product in education mm -hmm. and something more relevant for today. Not perfect, but a lot more relevant for today. And by doing that, we'll have, you know, uh, learners that are happier, learners that are more equipped for today's world and for tomorrow's world. And overall, you know, people that will make more impact going forward. 
All right, so that's really where it started. And then when I was looking more and more into it, and I read the quote from Elon Musk saying it's, you know, it's easier to put a man on Mars than to change the educational schooling system. I thought, well, you know what, then that's a good challenge. Let me, do this. <laughs> now, let me really get into it. And let me look at it as, you know, every good business starts. How do we resolve a problem? What is the problem? How do we fix it with the resources we have? Uh, how do I create and bring talent on it uh, to, to, to help me do this? How do we stay away from going back into schooling? Because schooling is so powerful and we've done it for so many years that it always makes you go back into traditional ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. So basically I became everything. In the beginning, I became an admissions officer. I became the, the curriculum coordinator. I became a learning coach. I became everything in the beginning uh, mm -hmm. just to set up that little standard of where we want to go okay and then slowly i started bringing people on putting them into those positions uh, i was operations director i was expansion director i was everything I, was, I spoke to the parents everything because it really needed to have a mindset that's away from schooling you know and i looked at it because every time you even employ a teacher they want to take it back to schooling so right. we'd have to employ teachers that really didn't believe in the schooling system to, to, to have them with <laughs> so everything was like a learning experience what i can say is that it was super exciting because it's probably one of the most difficult industries to get into and to change but it's probably the most important industry for us to actually look at and change and, and become relevant in okay so that's how the whole system started and then when i started seeing that i've got three kids who are very different and it actually started working for them and i started to see them flourishing and then you know when we got our first independent kids and they started to flourish and and even for the kids that it didn't work it didn't it wasn't a negative for them it was sometimes they just weren't up to it or sometimes they just needed more uh responsibility and we've learned how to start dealing with that etc um, it was exciting. It was super exciting. And then when I started to see that we believe um, in education, that there's this whole system that you have to do this, then you have to do this, then you have to do that, then you go to university, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But that, that's not really true. There's lots of ways to different mm -hmm. paths to learn right. and, and different paths to get to and, and, and find what you really want to do. That's when it really became interesting. So in the beginning, all I've done is I took curriculums that exist. And, uh, you know, did it in a different way, the, uh, a way that gave you a lot more flexibility, a way there's no more holidays, you, you go on holidays when you want, you can write exams more often, uh, mm -hmm. you don't have to write it once a year, et cetera, et cetera. So that was, you know, the, the part of changing what existed. But now we're actually starting to bring university to a learner at 16, and he can already start university and start going towards that and finish his degree at 19. And then go to work and have skills already etc we're also looking a lot at certifications for those kids who don't want to do university or don't want to study history and geography but they want mm -hmm. to get certified in google in microsoft in amazon they can start to look at that and do that and and maybe at the age of 18 when they've got the certifications they can start working and that's also good right. and they know they will start again and they'll do something else in three years time or two years time so it's super interesting to see how we can solve problems with the tools we have today but we're in such a tradition and in and, and mindset right. that we don't do it you know what i'm saying so it's been really exciting and and i think from our side you know my job has been to give scholarships and to make every kid who wants to do it do it like no no barriers in it etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's been really really exciting to to make that happen also to bring people that have nothing to do with education into this project has been incredible because right. you know they come with different mindsets different talents and uh, when we look at it we're creating something really special also again with lots of mistakes you know and many failures that we've had to uh, learn from to also grow the, the uh, uh, this venture in the right way but overall super exciting to see the growth we've received the amount of learners we've got and the impact we're creating in society and i, I think in the future for community for for stakeholders like companies 
and, and in the end for a country. I think we will start to impact, um, you know, especially when we start working with the public sector as well, where we can look at what we're doing in a bigger scheme. How can we help public? How can we get into schools? How can we help governments? in changing mindsets and using this entrepreneurial system. Right. And actually, it's not even much about entrepreneurial system. It's about finding uh, uh, purpose and passion in learners earlier. You know, that's really what's interesting. Because if you ask learners, are they very excited about learning history and geography and biology? The ones that are great do that. But the ones that aren't, we've got to find something else that they are passionate about or do have purpose for. And, and that's what's exciting with our model. Yeah. Love it. Amazing passion and, and vision for, for the, the present, to, be, to making the future of education uh, in the present, right? So in terms of the size, where are you, team, in terms of with, with uh, the Brave Generation Academy? What is the size of the so team? So we have 53 uh, BGA wow. hubs now in eight countries. You know, we've, we've got our first one open in the US. We've got Spain. We've got uh, South Africa, Namibia. Yeah. Mozambique, Kenya, uh, uh, Thailand, uh, now India coming on board. Uh, wow. So really exciting. Uh, we've close to a thousand students. Yeah. Uh, we're looking now at using the synergy of having, you know, these hubs that are open in the day for our learners from the age of 12 to 18. And then we're looking at 18 and above uh, being used in the evenings to do more courses, more certifications, university as well, because we managed to do an agreement with 142 universities around the world where our learners can start doing their degrees with us. So they do the mm -hmm. first two years with us, and then they do their final year at the university. Mm -hmm. uh, that saves a lot of money to students and parents. And um, mm -hmm. also, they get a different experience because they can also change hubs between us. So they can change and do different regions, work with different companies, and then go and do the final year at university or even do the final year with us. It doesn't matter. Okay. And I think this is where it's getting exciting is that universities themselves are thinking they have to, you know, uh, um, mm -hmm. basically morph into something different. They need to start offering what's needed. Uh, mm -hmm. Companies are coming on board because companies are telling us what they need and we want to provide what they need, but not tell them, listen, we've provided this. Can you not retrain them and teach them again? No, we want to give you right. to a company already with the skills that's needed. So all this is possible nowadays, you know, and then we've got exciting things like AI coming on board, et cetera, where uh, our marking gets done, you know, with AI a lot quicker. Uh, we're able to really personalize your learning to you using AI, uh, covering the topic you like most, the answers, uh, compare, uh, depending on your answers, the questions you'll get, and everyone's different there. So there's a lot going on at the moment in education. I think it's probably one of the most exciting areas to be looking at and investing, et cetera, at the moment has got to be education. Right. So you have almost the 20 years with, with the, the special uh, edition uh, group, almost 10 years with the Brave, the Brave Generation uh, holding. Uh, our three years with the Brave Generation uh, Academy. Uh, how do you see uh, this first decade for, for the Brave Generation Academy? So if we meet again in 2030, uh, where would you like to be with the Brave Generation Academy? Yeah, I'd like to have a million learners, you know, for mm -hmm. sure. And uh, ranging from, you know, 12 all the way for lifelong learning, because that's where we, we want to concentrate on. We want to make sure that we're there to meet your needs when you need them. Okay. Um, if there's a school on Mars, I really hope that it's uh, BGA. <laughs> we 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 brave enough to make that happen, you know, and, uh, et cetera. And when I say Mars, it really means you know if there's refugee camps, if there's wherever uh, uh, education right. is needed, we want to be there, you know. And and we're able to do it, you know. I I also want to in 20 years time, I want to be free. I definitely want to be free. So if you want to come to BGA, you come to BGA. If you want to pay, you pay. If you can't pay, don't pay. Okay. Uh, that will be our problem in solving. And I think we can do that. Just like, you know, uh, using the internet. We, we use it. We, we get our information from it. We, we do a lot of work on it, et cetera. We want to do the same right. with BGA in, in that regard. So that's where we want to go. 
I hope I'll leave some kind of legacy using, you know, BGA to do it. I hope that mm -hmm. maybe in 20 years' time, one of my three kids are helping out at BGA as well, uh, setting up hubs or, or being a coach or something, because um, I really believe this has got to be one of the, the projects that will impact the world the most. I, I really, really believe it, you know. And, uh, and I also believe that this will kick off a lot of other educational projects, a lot. And, and also will make them think differently from the start, you know. And I think that mm -hmm. was exciting. It will also help traditional schools to change, you know. And that's a big thing. That's a really big thing, yeah. I love it. And your email signature is uh, Be Brave, uh, which is very aligned with, with what you just shared. You have also uh, even more projects, uh, even an association, uh, the Be Brave Association, also the Teams Garage, uh, an amazing space in, in Cascais. But what I would do is really invite our audience to, to go to your website at teamviera.com to get to know more because... As you can see, it is impossible to cover all the projects that Tim is involved on uh, in, in a single podcast. So we need to have uh, Tim back for, for future episodes, uh, even just to cover just the, this, this chapter, the, the, the BGA, uh, Brave Generation uh, Academy. So let's go to the last segment of the show, Tim, uh, where we ask a couple of quick questions uh, to, to our guests, uh, kind of a, a fireside uh, segment. So if you would have the opportunity to have a coffee with yourself, uh, let's say at the beginning of uh, 2004, when you were starting the special edition um, uh, group, what advice would you offer to your younger team? Yeah, I think I would have told myself, just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, keep making those mistakes. Keep making friends. Keep making network. Um, I would say listen more, a little bit. Listen a little bit more, you know. Um, uh, um, show your, um, uh, how am I going to say it? Your maturity and your experience by listening. I think listening is really underestimated. And I think when we listen, it gives us, that we break barriers by listening. You know, I've learned that when I go into a tough, a tough uh, situation and, and uh, everyone, we know we're there because there's disaccord, et cetera. Um, it's a lot better to start by listening, listening, listening until there's nothing else to be said and then say something <laughs> than to start saying a lot and, um, and, right. and try to create a change. It doesn't happen. But overall, I would say you're on a good you're on a good track. Uh, don't worry about it, and uh, and keep concentrating on what you're doing. I think I wouldn't. I don't have. I wouldn't warn myself about anything I've done that even didn't work. I wouldn't have done it because I think it's all part of all those scars, all those white hairs. It's part of who you are. You know, it's it's fine. Right. Well, I know that you are close to a thirty-year entrepreneurial uh, career, uh, according to. What I saw on on your date of uh, your birthday date on LinkedIn. What are you the most proud of on your journey so far? No, I think it's uh, that I've created lifelong friends. I've got lifelong friends. I've got lifelong partners. Um, you know, and, and I'm not talking just about my marriage, which is now 23 years, but I'm talking about partners that I've got for over 20 years that are, we still invest together. We still do property investments together. We we oh, you know. If there's an opportunity, they come in with me. Uh, and we've learned that when it doesn't go well, no one's to blame, you know. So right. I think I'm most proud about the people, the people that I've got with me. That's definitely the most proud. More proud than any great investment we've done or success we've got. More than that, it's been the people that I've been with them. And the, the final one of this segment is your worst advice ever receive it? No, my worst advice is get even. I think lots of people say, oh, you need to get even. You need to, I think we waste a lot of energy on trying to get even. I mm -hmm. think that energy, if we had to use that energy to move forward yeah. and to forget would be a lot better, you know? Get even doesn't mean you move forward. You know what I'm saying? It means that you just waste a lot of energy trying to get even. And I think... Uh, mm -hmm. Um, I would definitely not 
give anyone that advice, you know, and I, I see it in personal lives. I see in people that are getting divorced, you know, best thing is divorce and move forward. Don't get even uh, right. with people that their partners haven't worked out in business, move forward um, it, with everything. It's moved forward because if you keep looking back, you have no vision forward. You're going to hit your head again. Um, and, and, and I think that's, that's the biggest advice I would, I would, I would pass on to anyone, especially when you're young, you know, it hurts. And, and to forgive someone is very difficult. I understand that. But if you don't forgive, you're not going to grow and you're not going to move forward. So it's better move forward. It doesn't mean that it's easy and you're going to love them, etc. No, you know, it's, it just means that you start concentrating again on how to grow your business, how to prove to yourself that, uh, you know, you, you deserve better and it was what it was and that's it. Yeah. Now some resources that you recommend uh, that you really enjoyed your favorite book and can be business or non-business. This is much more to get to know you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a very old school kind of guy. So my, my, one of the, my favorites, so I never really read a book from start to finish. I sort of get lost halfway, third of the way, mm -hmm. et cetera. But um, there is a book that I really enjoyed and I, I did a lot of underlying, et cetera, which is Marcus Aurelius. And I think Marcus Aurelius' memoirs and, and his thoughts and are still relevant today. And they're so basic and that you actually, by reading that, you actually understand the world hasn't changed so much, you know, and we still deal with humans. It's still humans. And I think right. that for me, that was a, it, it's a great uh, book and it's a great way to keep your feet on the ground. And you are also a movie producer, something that we could cover, but uh, your favorite movie or series? Yeah, so again, old school, I would say it's Shawshank Redemption. I love that one, you know, because it's just so clever how he moved forward. Mm -hmm. He got even in by proving himself right, etc. but he didn't blame anyone. He did it himself. Um, I love Jerry Maguire because it's all about, again, values and selling and being human again. So those mm -hmm. kind of movies are what I like. And finally, your favorite podcast, uh, excluding this one. Podcasts. <laughs> uh, um, look, I, I, you know, I don't know if it's a podcast, but I, I love Bill Mayer. I think that's a, a great guy to listen to and to, because uh, he's just so, he tells you the truth and he's, he's in the middle. He, he doesn't actually, although he's very liberal, he will, he will tell you when the liberals are wrong and he tells you when the conservatives are wrong. And in a way, I actually see him uh, standing up for uh, common sense. And it's something that doesn't exist a lot today. You know, common sense has been forgotten. It's not so common. So, yeah, I would say Bill Mayer. Okay. Amazing. Tim, thanks so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure to have you on the show. And you are always welcome to come back and share your upcoming Uh, chapters of your life and all the best with the BGA. Uh, it's Excellent. an amazing vision. Thank you so much, Mark, and keep doing what you're doing there. All right. Thank sure. you, team. And to our community, thanks for being there. As you see, we keep building, bringing the best of the best to make your life a little bit easier as you scale up your company. See you soon and keep scaling. Mm -hmm.